Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is May 29th. Bucks lost a nail biter in San Diego. But what happened in San Diego? Like legitimate starts from all three starters? All three good games against a really good team? And we took a series from the Rockies this week. Three and three on the week. But considering everybody and their mother got hurt, kind of feel okay about this we'll break down the week that included two more debuts a slew of more roster moves and still no o'neill crews i know i'm not dr seuss my name is josh and i'm joined as always by my brother jake what's up jake how we doing man doing all right doing all right uh as frustrated as you may be losing a game like that, when you really sit back and think about it, like I'm really not overly upset right now. Yeah, and that that's how I felt going into that ninth inning. You know, we fought back. We made that game close, 2-2. You know, I'm really not that mad if we lose this game in the ninth inning. Like, <sighs> yeah, frustrating for sure. Yeah. But, you know, that's a good team. That's a real. That's good That's a real team. good team. I mean, they're not hitting as well as they should, but yeah. dude, their pitching staff is really good, and we saw the good ones. Yeah, or at least good ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that. Those are three good pitchers. Right. Uh, I believe that's Musgrove's. I think that's the first time they've lost with Musgrove pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, uh, a lot of. Th- a lot of things happened again. We got more debuts from Cal Mitchell and Yeri De Los Santos, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bryce Wilson is optioned to AAA. Not going to say that's exciting, but <laughs> it's something that we, uh, we're calling for. Uh-huh. Kevin Newman moved to the 60-day injured list, which seems crazy. Um, Cam Aldred actually clears waivers. Well, he was designated for assignment in the middle of all this. And cleared waivers, which was surprising. Um, and Rowanzi's back, and I believe this is the beginning. Yeah. He's here to stay. I agree with that. I've said this before, and I'll still say this. I, I believe there will be an innings limit coming off of a year where he had an elbow injury. There will be an innings limit. However, this is it. I think he's here, especially after his first two starts, to look very promising. Right. Both starts in which he... He still doesn't have his command yet. He's getting there. He's, but you know what I'm saying, though? But yeah. two really good outings without, like, without having your good, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and in his first start, he didn't. his slider wasn't really all that great until the fifth inning. All of a sudden, the slider starts hitting the zone, and he's just like, dang, this dude's for real. Sorry, I'm shaking my head here, because if anybody is uh, if anybody's included in whatever those notifications were, I literally have my computer on (laughs) priority only and still got notifications. Maybe nobody else is hearing those but me. That'd be great. (laughs) But who knows? Because they might be. Sorry, guys. Um, Yeah, I uh, got very distracted there. But you're right. Heath Hembree's hurt. Dan Vogelback's hurt. Yoshi's hurt. Ben Gamble just got hurt. 
And we still don't have an answer on Michael Chavis. He can't swing a bat. Right. 11 guys right now on the injured list, if you include uh, Yohore and Kranich, who are on the minor league injured list, who are on the 40 man, mm-hmm. but, but injured. 11 guys. It's and, a lot. And some of those guys, I mean, do I have the roster still up? Yeah. So Ben Gamble, Jake Marisnik, Vogelback, Yoshi, Newman, Roberto Perez, and that's it. Well, and if you count, if you count Yohore, who was on our opening day roster, mm-hmm. that's a lot of guys that w- were here, right? And now are not, not just because of that, but because they're hurt. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> it is pretty like. That's that's tough, especially like we're we're calling some guys up that weren't expecting to call up yet, right? And yet still ignoring those who we thought would get a yeah. call up. Yeah, and I'll just come right out because we've talked about this in in weeks past. Like Mason Martin, we probably missed our window. <laughs> He's like one for <laughs> sixteen in his last four games. Yeah, you you almost have to let him find it again before you call him up. Yeah, you kind of do, but then again, like this is when he don't when, have to get as he don't have to get as hot. This is when it He's gets just bad though. Find it again. This is when it gets bad though because now you're in a position where literally the only first baseman on our roster right now is Josh Van Meter. Yeah, it's rough. So somebody's gonna have to somebody's gonna have to get some time like practice. And today we recalled Hoy freaking park i'm i'm pretty sure there's gonna be a hole in my couch here in a second my dog is just digging i don't know if you guys can hear it but it sounds loud to me (laughs) that's the one to me that frustrates me because as anybody who is following me on twitter or listening to me talk on here he's my number one first to go or next to go i guess at this point yeah i would have i would have dropped him before cam aldridge yeah. Only because he's not only killed us offensively, but defensively as well. I'm sorry. If you are no-sided, like if you're a one-sided player, like Cole Tucker's not bad defensively. He just can't right. sniff it. And he's actually hitting worse than Hoy Park. But at least he has something. And yeah. and I'm not making a case for Cole Tucker because he's next. Like he's the, also on that list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, yeah. And even though I like him. You know what I mean? But it's he's next on that list. But to me, it's after Hoy Park. Only because, like, we have nothing invested in him. It was a take a waiver on him. It didn't work out. Let's let's move on. Yeah. And I don't know. Now we're trading for another guy who's another infielder. Not really. I don't, I guess I don't know. There's rumors about a, a trade uh, with the Guardians. I mean, rumors. Jason Mackey tweeted it's probably true. Um, but we're acquiring Yu Chang from the Guardians for cash. I've seen Yu Chang play in Columbus quite a bit. Um, I've seen him mostly play third base. And I'm just like, well, you know. Yeah. I don't know. We've got infielders galore. Galore. <laughs> We've got them. They're there. We don't need that. All right. So that's, uh, if you figured all that out, Tucapita Marcano back up. Uh, he's been hitting really good as well. Who? What other moves did I not mention in this process? Matt Gorski's hitting well. There's a lot of people talking about him. Absolutely hitting tanks all over the place. He's, 
I mean, he's 24 years old, moving up to Double A. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say like this guy's yeah. unbelievable. Maybe he'll be here in three years. Like, no, nah, I mean, if he's going to figure it out, he's figuring it out right now. Mm-hmm. But it's something to keep an eye on as as we do. Um, other than that, I don't know. You mentioned before we started that Greg Allen is getting close to at least being eligible, whether or not he's yeah going to be ready. But said so he's hope they're hoping within the next week. Weakers. He's eligible to come off the disabled list on the sixth, June sixth. But they said he's a little behind on that, but not too far. Like he should be starting a uh, rehab stint within the next seven or just seven or so days. Yeah. Okay. Well, the games this week. I mean, we take a series from Colorado. Um, you know, a lot of a lot was made of this NL West. Um, and I just feel like this has been a thing for a while. We play the NL West well. Mm-hmm. We've already taken a series from the Dodgers. Now we take a series from Colorado. We were very close to taking a series from San Diego. Not that it means anything. I'm just, you know what I mean. I yeah. just like to look at silver linings. But Brubaker, first start Monday, first start giving up no earned runs, doubled that down on the weekend against against San Diego. Um, he gave up a run, but no earned runs. Right. Um, but uh, let's see. Tuesday was Rowanzi day. He had a good start. Um, I have him. I have the start here. Five innings, three hits, five Ks, and Brubaker just the one run, but unearned. And it was a Brubaker throwing error, which is interesting. Because fast forward to his start against San Diego, five innings, one run, no earned, and it was a Brubaker missed catch (laughs) that cost him a run. (laughs) He's doing it to himself. Yeah. And you know what? I I tweeted, and we were talking about this because we were watching the game. Um, That's the game we watched, right? Or was that, was Brubaker Friday? Brubaker was... Brubaker was Friday. No, Brubaker was Saturday. It was the game that we watched here. because Quintana threw the first game. And he, uh, I just kind of felt like when things go wrong, oh, that was the Van Meter flip to Brubaker where he reached Mm -hmm. and didn't, he's looking down before he caught the ball and all that stuff. That's right. When things start to go wrong, man, I feel like I, and I said this, I feel like he just lets it, like he lets it get to him. Mm -hmm. But hold the phone because he ended up not giving up any more runs. Now, that run was caused by him, you know, that was only a guy on first. That guy doesn't have to score. Right. He he seemed to put a lot of pressure on himself. He ended up having to pitch out of a bases loaded jam, two outs. Right. Got the big strikeout. So, you know, there's there's those and then he was and then he was okay. Five innings, like I said, no earned runs. So twice this week, five innings, no earned runs. Um the only thing kind of turning I mean, a corner there. Yeah, he is. He really is. It, it, the next thing he needs to work on is is the uh, pitch count. Like he's got to be more efficient. Yeah, ninety six pitches in five innings. It's like he wanted to go back out for the sixth, and it's like, dude, if you want to go back out to the, for the sixth, be more efficient. Right, dude, your sinker's disgusting. Locate it low and get a bunch of ground balls. Two walks, three strikeouts. He has no reason to be at ninety six pitches. No, you know what I mean. You're, you're talking about a guy who is just deep into every... It reminds me of what Chad Cool used to do. Mm-hmm. Just a ton of pitches, but not like 
I'd I'd be like, yeah, he threw 96 pitches because he struck out 12. Right. Or, oh, he ran into some walk trouble. Like two walk, I mean, two walks in five innings is like pushing the limit, but it's not terrible. You know what I mean? If you can get out of it. Right. And yeah, you just not, you know, throwing too many pitches. But either way, when when you look back at at Brubaker's start to kick the whole week off, it's good. And he went six and two thirds in that game. And then you move on to Contreras, who had a really good start. And the only start of the week was Wednesday, where we thought, and it and it was weird because it was Zach Thompson who had three good starts and the relief appearance, but that's an inning, whatever. Three good starts leading into the game and gives up four runs and three innings on seven hits. Outside of that start, they were good all week. Mm-hmm. Now, and two of those are back-to-back. Like, Rowanzi's start today was good. Brubaker's Saturday, and they were good Monday, Tuesday. And then Quintana splits the whole thing with a, um, with a good start on Friday night. And he was upset, and... Has the right to be, you know what I mean? He gave up those two runs went on him, but they were unearned. Yeah. So um let's let's get an update on that one. What is it? 215, 215 ERA for Quintana. So then you start saying left-handed starter. Does he actually get anything in return? We'll see. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. I mean, you gotta listen. <laughs> you gotta offer. Right. We'll see. Wednesday in that Thompson, uh, interestingly enough, we win the game 10 to 5, highest run total of the year. And Yerry De Los Santos with the ninth inning there to shut it down looked good. Uh, why yeah. haven't we seen him again? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> it's a very good question. Well, he never has a chance to pitch. We get our relief pitchers, they got to get their two or three innings worth in there. Go ahead. You want to go? Each time. Yeah, it's, it's 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 annoying. It's absolutely annoying to me. I can't take it. You can't sustain that all year. Will Crow, great job. You're you're getting us two to three innings every time out. Well, that's great. Now he's starting to get hit. He's probably already starting to get a little bit of fatigue. Thank thanks for that inning today. Good job. We'll go to the next guy. We need you for two today. That's fine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with a two inning relief appearance, but they don't have to do it every time. They just don't have to. Shouldn't have to. You got guys and you got guys sitting out there like Gary De Los Santos. He's pitched one time this whole week. Now he's now they're going to throw him in another. He's going to be rusty. These guys need to pitch, but they don't need to pitch two to three innings every time out there. Why in the world would we send Dwayne Underwood Jr. out for a third inning in the eighth inning? Eighth inning. Eighth inning. Eighth inning is the most important there for Dwayne Underwood Jr. But still, yeah. why send him out for? I just I just don't understand it. You've said it for years. Once a relief pitcher comes out of the game, he shouldn't go back out there. I'm not on the board with that 100%. I, so I have a thing, and I will still, and I, because I'm going to defend that a little bit. Sure. I believe that when relief pitchers come in to get out of a jam specifically, if you get a clean inning, it's different. I will say that. But if you come into a game in the middle of an inning, with base runners on or whatever. I think that there's adrenaline involved and there's guys that are that are um, kind of equipped to come into those scenarios. I think when they come into the dugout and that adrenaline goes down, they can't go back in. They're done. Right. Yeah. However, what I've seen 
on this team, first and foremost, when I talk about Dwayne Underwood, who was that guy last year, and now Peters and Crow, who are that guy this year, and somehow Bednar is starting to get to a place where he can do this as well. Well, Bednar, yeah, anyway, let's go with those three guys. Those three guys are guys who understand immediately, and I still think it has to be clean inning, but they go out there knowing, all right, I've got two. You know what I'm saying? Unless I, unless I, I don't do well, I've got two. But they've shown time and time again, he struggled in his first inning. We're going to send him back out there for inning two because he can do that. And they've actually just come back and had a clean inning the second inning. And it is interesting. But I think that the Pirates have three guys on their team right now who are just that kind of guy. I don't think you I don't think you need to be messing around with Bonda for two innings or Bednar's an animal. I, I just I don't to me that's oh he's gonna be overworked. I think it's a it's a situation where right now, and this is the really this is the like the I, I don't know, that is this is the the crux of of we're not that good, and if we have a lead and we really want to get it, you got to go with Bednar for two to get the win. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, dude, I want longevity from him. And so while you're trying to really squeeze out every win you can get, and I know and you know that Bednar is our guy to get that win, there is part of me because you know Twitter's clamoring why would we go to Stratton here? We should have Bednar for two innings. He's been doing it all year. Why stop? Because it'll help you win a game tonight. And as a fan, you want to win that game tonight. But at the same time, like you have to pick and choose because Bednar's Absolutely. not going to be able to do this all year. I will no. say, though, for Peters, for, for Underwood, and for Will Crow, I'm not going to complain about it because I think that we just happen to have three long relievers on our team. Yeah, but they don't need to be long relievers every time they go out. I understand that, but if that, I mean, unfortunately, our long relievers are our guys who get the most outs. Stratton, I don't, I don't think he should have went out there in the in the tenth. No, but. In that scenario, and I'm only playing devil's advocate with you, right? I'm not entirely disagreeing with you. In that scenario, you're starting to get into extra innings, and you start to say, like, okay, well, you really, I mean, we don't know how long we're going to do this. You know what I mean? And so there is part of that that's that's kind of, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a pass a little bit when you start to get into extra innings, because you know, like, we can't just flippantly go one inning, one inning, one inning, or all of a sudden we've got a position right. player on the mound, again, trying to win a game with a position player. And we certainly right. and are not in any position to start bringing in starting pitchers. To You know what I mean? That's obviously not what I'm talking about. Right. But, well, but you, I mean, I mean but you mentioned are, Stratton. Are Why are we going to him for two innings? But I think with those three guys, and I understand what you're saying, like, I just think with those three guys, the problem is, is we don't have enough for for deep in the game. I'm thinking in in, the, in this situation, why did we bring Stratton in in the ninth inning anyway? Because you did have Crow out there, one of our longer guys. Maybe that's a little bit of what you're saying, though. Maybe it was he only had one today. Maybe. 
So maybe there is a little bit of like to what you're saying, but maybe they're actually thinking that because he did just go one. I'm looking for his pitch count right now while I'm talking. So he threw 14 pitches. Did he throw the night before? He did not throw Saturday. And Friday he threw 32 pitches. So a little bit of a longer outing, but he had a day off. I don't know. That would be that would be a situation where I could. Oh, that was I that bullcrap inning where out. they made him stand out there and wait for a for an umpire to get ready. No, that was Saturday. That was Saturday with who was that? Was that Peters? Was it? Yeah, Peter. How big is Peter's glove? You pointed this out. You were like, "Why is he? Is that even legal?" <laughs> that is the one of the biggest gloves I've ever seen a pitcher use. Yeah, that's no doubt. I mean, he's not huge, so it looks really like cartoon on him. It's hilarious. He's trying to hear his pitch calm. He holds that thing up there, and it's like, holy moly. He's got like a 14-inch glove on the mound. Yeah, it has to be 14 inches. has to be. It's huge. Now, there's definitely a time and a place for multi-inning guys, Yeah, and I definitely think we have three guys that are capable of doing it. I just don't think every time they touch the mound they need to be that guy. That's my that's my big thing. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking about injuries and we're going to continue to create this scenario over and over again so long as we to to me it's it's sending guys like Stratton back out there. It's sending guys like even what they're doing with Bednar as much as I like it and I'm saying we need to do it to seal these wins. It does make it, um, it does make it feel, I mean, like Stratton was part of the, uh, the loss in the 10th inning. I believe he gave up the blown save, right? Yeah. He blew the save in the eighth, but I don't know if he did that in his first inning or, or his second inning out there. I don't, I don't really remember, but then today's a little bit of the same thing. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Um, Bednar got the loss in that game. No earned runs in that game, too. The, dude, that we've talked we talked about the defense last week. I just can't. I can't. We can't keep doing this. How did how we're did we out of get excuses? We're running out of excuses. How did we have no earned runs in that game? Oh, because Bednar's was a Manfred runner. I was like, how did we do that? Okay, so there was a Manfred runner out there that scored. So th- that's the next thing I want to talk about as we, as we kind of move into here because um you know, we did kind of move around a little bit. We we talked about injuries. We didn't talk about Cal Mitchell. Um, so maybe we'll wait on him for a minute and talk about him. But extra innings, tw- two extra inning games this week. We lost both. Mm-hmm. And both of them failing to score the Manfred runner at second base. And Tuesday was Hayes and Reynolds striking out with a guy like, you just Van Meter grounded out, got away with it. It was like the weird thing, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, basically grounded out, but it was deflected and whatnot. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is like you got to have Hayes is not having a bad year. I don't care about the home runs. And yes, he hit his first one in San Diego and it was beautiful and everybody rejoiced. But I'm talking Tuesday before that. And we're talking about all the numbers are good except for a launch angle, and he's not getting home runs because of it. I don't care. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball often. He's fine. 
You don't have to rush home runs, right? I'm all about that. However, you just want to see him come through when he has to. Yeah. And if Brian Reynolds is going to struggle, boy, I'd just really like to see his hits happen with runners in scoring position. Right. I think we were talking about that. You know, he's low on that RBI total too. And they both are. Mm-hmm. So also, just to say, just to clear this, he's fine right-handed. So when he gets two hits right-handed, don't think he's turning a corner because he is who he is. He's fine right-handed. He's hitting over 300. Mm-hmm. Left-hand. When he gets two hits left-handed, then we can start saying, like, maybe he's figuring it out because yeah. they are completely two completely different hitters. He's absolutely fine right-handed right now. When he's up right-handed, I'm like, we got Brian Reynolds up. When he's up left-handed, it's like he's struggling right now. It's two different players. So what he does right-handed doesn't make me feel better about what he's doing yet this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just, you know, to throw that out there. But then fast forward to having the guy on second today, Marcano bunts him up, and then Castro gets fooled on the breaking ball, which, I mean, we don't have to go into that. Castro's a little bit outmatched right now. He's still he's still figuring things out, you know what I mean? And he's probably going to be a the kind of guy who doesn't figure it out at this level. He's probably going to have to go down and figure some things out on that swing. Mm-hmm. The biggest pet peeve I have with him is he's just still swinging for the fences when all you need is a base hit. Like, dude, yeah. I, and that's all across baseball, so I know it's not just Castro. It drives me nuts. You have a guy on third with one out. Why are you trying to hit the ball out? Make sure you hit the ball. Nine times out of ten, you're going to score that runner. Not That's a really bad statistic. On my part, that is not true. <laughs> but you give yourself a better chance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially as a left-handed hitter who's not going to just hit a laser to the third baseman more times than than not. You're going to you're going to score that runner. Yeah. You got to hit the ball. Put the ball in play. Can't be striking out with one out and a guy on third. Can't do it. Now, he was fooled, whatever. Say what you want about it. He fouled off a couple hundred mile an hour pitches. I'll give him, you know what I mean? Give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But, you know, that is what it is. But still, you you just got... And then with with Park on third, what are you doing? You know where you're at. I understand, oh, it's aggressive, it's good. No, that backstop's not far away. Right. It's not a place... And And he had Key Brian Hayes standing in the box saying... Stay holding his hand up saying, don't come in. That's the big thing. That's the big thing. And you just have a guy who's hot. He won the game for you yesterday. There's two outs. You got to have Hayes hit there. Yeah. You have to. With me saying that he has to come through in that scenario on Tuesday, he gets a shot and we take it away on a dumb play. He never even made it to home. Now, no, it was a really nice play by by Alfaro. However, I think if he just throws it to the pitcher, he's out a little bit better, a little more. more you know, I don't know. I'd have to see the play again, but it's a part of me thinks like maybe he's out even more if he just throws it to the pitcher and he just lays a tag down. But maybe not. I don't really know because yeah. it did bounce right back to him. Sometimes a one throw is one throw more than than you need. Right, it gives it, you another chance to mess it up. I just I have to see that ball kick away before I go. Yeah, yeah. Even if you break, that's like, not gotta, a big. Oh shoot! It bounced yeah. right back at him. I'm getting back. If I'm in Oakland, I'm safe standing up. 
Yeah. If I'm at PNC, it's the same thing. It's not real deep, but PNC mm-hmm. at least has a bunch of things it can bounce off of. Mm-hmm. Or if it hits the like the thing and goes straight up, now you can score. But I've got to like I got to take my secondary and look, 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 and I have to see that thing kick away, or else I'm not going. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a matter of I don't have a place on this team and I'm trying to be something, or I mean I or you know what I mean I just don't know. Yeah. Maybe you thought it kicked away. I I don't. Very aggressive, Un, right. unnecessarily aggressive with Key Brian Hayes up the bat. Right. So that that's where I sit with it. I think that you've, I think, I don't know. I think you can't yeah, do that. When you're just called up, you're pulled into this, in this scenario, maybe that plays, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he wasn't, in, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Can't happen. Nope. So... Let's take a break and get into a couple other things because we've got a Hayes home run to talk about. And um, we did talk about starting pitching. I was going to say we have starting pitching to talk about, but we'll talk a little bit about Cal Mitchell and kind of move into something else there too. Yep. Maybe laying down a bunt or something. Hmm. That's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a break. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. Swearingen Bat Company is Ohio's premier wood bat company, specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from T-ball to senior league. Check out their website at swearingenbaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram at Swearingen Bats. You can also find them on Facebook. Swearingen Bat Company, that's swearingenbaseball.com. Let them know you heard it here. Welcome back to the Bridge Bucktober podcast. It's May 30, and... We're going to get into Cal Mitchell debut. Another one. Chalk it up. Another guy making his debut here for the Pirates this year. Get used to it. There's a few more that's going to happen. (laughs) But debut Tuesday night gets the knock. First hit is is his first RBI right after the Diego double. And, man, you just got, uh, like, I don't know how many... this is crazy because we've had so many debuts, but like, I'm just glued to the TV Tuesday night. Did he, he so put a good swing on a ball, his first at bat mm-hmm. to left to right field, mm-hmm. puts a good swing on a ball to right field or to left field, base hit up the middle. So, you know, throughout his first few at bats, you already can see he's willing to use all fields. He's been hitting well. Mm-hmm. He made a nice play. Uh, made oh, yeah. a play that was kind of like the one he jumped near the wall. Like, that dude, that's first day PNC. That's a tricky yeah. right field. Mm-hmm. Maybe doesn't have to jump there. Definitely jumped early, right? But at the sure. same time, like, way to just make sure you had it. Yep. Um, and like you said, it's a tricky right field a little bit. You're learning new dimensions. In the park. Yeah, yeah. That wall is. I mean, that's a catch. That's a catch that a that a very good defender from an away team would make. Mm-hmm. He'll get comfortable over there. He won't need to jump for that next time. 
Um, arms all right, but he yeah. you know plays a good defense. But his arms all right. A lot of uh, well, we got a hit in his first four games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So he, he's showing up. We're gonna see more of this, and the the interesting thing about this is we have guys on the team who are struggling, and we're losing games, and it just feels. Bleh. The weird part is, is we're going to bring a bunch of guys up who are going to struggle, but it's not going to feel bleh. Right. I think that it will be a different type of struggle. There's going to be moments where I'm going to say, I'm okay with him not doing this because he's young and he's trying to figure it out, right? Right. We had our first scenario of that already. Saturday night, uh, what are we in? The ninth inning. Diego, off off the NL leader in saves, Diego starts off with a double. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, here we go. Marcano's up. Contact guy, going to lay it down. The, the call is bun him up, right? Yeah. And that's what they called. And he doesn't even throw a strike. Yeah, four-pitch walk. Like he can't throw a strike to a guy who's bunning. And so as soon as that happens, I'm like, well, you need to square around. Cal, let's do this. So Cal squares around. He throws a ball. All right. All right. And he throws another (laughs) ball. All right. Let's do it. And then they go out and they talk to him. And Cal Mitchell proceeds to get two pitches that are bunnable and can't lay it down. And the conversation is his last sacrifice bunt in the minor leagues was four years ago. Uh, Let's, you know what? And I thought, I didn't think about this. Let's say three years ago, there was one year that they didn't play. Sure. But let's say three years ago, just to throw him a bone. Why? So, okay, it didn't happen this year. Yeah. That's understandable. Probably, you know, may not have gotten into the scenario. Last year, probably should have found a way in double A to get him into a scenario where he needs to lay down a bunt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's fundamentals of baseball. You have to and, be able to bunt. You got to be able to bunt. And I know there's a lot of people out there. How can you not bunt the ball? Like, sure, you probably bunted when you were in high school. That's fine. That, that Those pitchers aren't major league pitchers. I believe I'm sure it is harder to lay down a bunt at the major league level. Especially Absolutely. against a guy like that. These pitches are moving like crazy. I get it. Here's the bullcrap you- answer, though. I Because I know where you're going with this, but here's the bullcrap answer. First off, they bunt every day. Yeah. It's different bunning in a game. Yeah, absolutely. But the bullcrap answer is, yeah, but he's probably your guy at double A. Like, he's probably your guy that you want to swing the bat in those scenarios. No, because I don't care. If you're in double A Altoona, you're mm-hmm. also developing a player. It's not about the curve winning a baseball game. Right. Not at, not only about the curve winning a baseball game. Yes, you want to build winning culture. I'm not going down a path saying that I don't think they need to win games. Right. All I'm saying is that Cal Mitchell might be your guy in double A, but in the show, it's hard to score runs. Mm-hmm. And he may not be your guy in the show. Right. So he's got to lay a bunt down. Absolutely. Which means put him in this scenario in the minor leagues. It is about development then develop him. He has to be able to have game opportunities to put bunts down in case he has to do it at this level. I'm sorry. Right. You're facing Taylor Rogers right now. 
You might not be the yeah. guy. <laughs> right. So that it, comes to the bunt conversation. So go ahead. Tell me how you feel about because the game is different. It is. It is different. And my 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 first opinion is you get a runner at second base with nobody out, get him to third. Just get him to third. Bunt him over, one out. Depending on and, and there's a lot of dependables too. And that's in, where in I was gonna go with this, and you know that because we went through this discussion Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I'll go to this real quick before you make that point. We had uh, a conversation even as far as like Twitter goes. Somebody puts up run expectancy, nobody out, runner on second, one point one percent chance you score that run. One out runner at third, zero point nine. So it's a point two percent difference. I made the point that I think it'd be interesting to see what that how that percentage changes runner at third one out if the runner was bunted to third because I would think that you have a little bit of momentum going there. However, if you get a one out triple, you might have some momentum too. So right. go ahead with your because I think you're going to go to a place I was going to go with um, scenarios. Yeah. So I mean, you got your nine hole hitter up and a runner at second, you bunt him to third. You got the top of your lineup up. Mm -hmm. Your top of your lineup should be high contact. <laughs> you should be able to get a fly ball deep enough to score him. You should be able to get a ground ball to the right side or anywhere, but pitcher or third, and you should be able to score a run. Uh, you, you know, I, I just feel like the percentage of ball in play where the runner scores has to be way higher than ball and play and runner scores from second. But then when you get walked. Yeah, because a fly because, ball keeps him at second. Right. But if he's at third, a fly ball scores right him. field. Right. You know, but, a, but, but, it, but a fly ball scores him if he's at third. Right. Absolutely. But then your nine hole hitter gets walked and you got your leadoff hitter up. Now I got a guy. Well, here, start over with Marcano, our nine hole hitter. Feely's not a good bunt. It's not necessarily needs to be a 100% sacrifice bunt because he can sacrifice fly. first, but let's put the ball in a position where we, we got a good chance to get a hit too. just get that ball down a third baseline. You're probably safe. All right. I'm going to interject here because situational, it worked out and a complete opposite way than I would have assumed. And I would have called it. Because, because Marcano gets walked. Now, he was bunting. Mm -hmm. I actually am not a guaranteed sell on him bunting. And the reason I say that is because of who's on deck. Yes, it's your leadoff hitter, but I got Taylor Rogers on the mound with a guy who's in his first week in the show, a left-handed hitter going up against Taylor Rogers. Sure. Which means I got a chance of a strike out there. Um, and so that makes it a little bit different for me with Marcano, who's also very early in his career, uh, as far, especially as far as experience and age and, and all those things and a lefty. However, he's a different type of hitter. And I think his chances of maybe getting something to the outfield, you know what I mean? Not in the air, maybe like base hit type stuff, scoring a runner, mm -hmm. um, and also seems like those high contact guys like Adam Frazier, you know what I mean, which is supposed to be the the comp for Tucapita Marcano, 
maybe he's a little situational here and he's not going to hit you a ground ball to third base. Mm-hmm. He's either going to hit soft contact in the air over the infield or, I mean, we've seen him hit a ball, like drive a ball in that game. I don't mind the bunt there for him because I feel like maybe he's overmatched in a sense. However, it's it's a little less on me because of, man, I don't even know. We might just get a strikeout for the next guy. I kind of want Marcano to take a chance here because I just don't know that it really matters. You know what I mean? However, as soon as you get first and second, nobody out, this is the big thing. When you get first and second, nobody out, now the double play is in order. Mm -hmm. That's where I say no. That's why I don't swing away there because I don't want the double play. I have to bunt those guys to second and third mm-hmm. with key Brian Hayes on deck. Absolutely. That's what I want because now I'm saying now keys up with two, a chance to score two runs, not only tie this game, but go ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I'm saying I, I want to Capita to go ahead and swing there. I'll take my chances. As soon as I had first and second nobody out, that's when I say the butt has to happen because I can't hit into a double play. And that's fair. You know what I mean? And and that's where I I, go with that. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. It's weird because it played opposite of that for me. Even Mm -hmm. though that's the call, I wouldn't have had Marcon. It ended up working out, but only because he got walked. Well, not only. Could have worked. And maybe... Well, in today's game, we, we got the bunt down. Well, we got a bunt down in the tenth inning. But we got a bunt down in a different scenario too. Yeah, exactly. We got the bunt no, down was, in the tenth inning. We couldn't. Inning we couldn't with, score him. Yeah, with the Manfred runner <laughs> at second, and we couldn't score we him. Bunted him to third, and we didn't score. Now, there's also a little bit of a situation there where I'm kind of like the Manfred runner might be a little bit different for me too, because I didn't just hit a double. Mm-hmm. If I just hit a double and then bunted him to third, I feel better about that. Excuse me. Yeah, I I don't know I don't I don't really know how that plays in my in my head yet. I I haven't worked through that completely yet. Yeah, let's get rid of the Manfred runner. But yeah, it's that is that is different, and that's a, that's something to you know the momentum isn't isn't carried through that. Yeah, and I think the, yeah the other way is is if Marcano gets the the bunt down, then Cal's not bunting, and it's a whole different at bat for him. And you know what I mean? He did strike out, but at the same time, he struck out trying to bunt. So maybe there's a whole different scenario that plays out there based on if Marcano bunts him to third. Because then yeah. maybe his hole at bat is different. You know what I'm saying? So it does, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of differences there. I do want him with first and second, I want him able to bunt the ball. Yep. With a runner at second. And that that's another thing, like, with a runner at second, maybe I swing away more often. But with first and second, there's risk involved. Yeah. And that's how I operate, right? I operate in risk assessments and things like that. Like, I could hit into a double play here. You know what yeah. I mean? That's kind of like if you have first and second or you have first and third with one out even, you cannot hit a ground ball in that scenario. You have to hit a fly ball. I hate that. First and third, I hate the ground ball. Do yep. get something you can elevate. Now, if you go down to two strikes, all bets are off, make contact. But right. I kind of, 
Kind of, because that's the scenario where I'm okay with a strikeout. Because a strikeout's better than a double play. That's the scenario where I'm okay with a strikeout. If a lefty's throwing a lefty, a slider low and away, and you think you're going to get rung up, I'm all I'm kind of on the thing where it's like, uh, depending on who's on deck and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not gonna go down that. I think if you if you're asking for my opinion, I think every single situation reserves the right to be its own situation. Absolutely. And I don't I don't subscribe to I will do this every time because I I can't say that. Right. Not every scenario is equal. It, there's there's pitching, there's who's on deck, there's what have we done today, there's what have I done this week, there's who am I, who is he, there's a lot of yeah. stuff. There's speed on the bases, if there's not, there's a lot of things that play. Every single situation is an individual situation. Yeah. And this individual situation happened to be, Key Brian Hayes' first home run, it, none of it matters, we win 4-2. <laughs> He got a little bit aloft, and he knew it. Yeah. Um, he's had a couple hits I thought were home runs before that. Yeah. Uh, that one at Wrigley, that would have hit, like, hit the net and bounced back. You know what I mean? Like, there's things like that. I, I'm just not. I wasn't worried about it in the first place. No. Um, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting it off. No, 100%. I'm fine with it. He don't have to hit home runs. Not everybody has to hit home runs. And well, don't and give then, me. Know, they asked him. Go ahead. They asked him after the game. They, they you know. How does it feel? You know, did you, did you know? Did you were you trying? He's, he's listen. <laughs> I'm not going to be anybody but me up the plate. I'm going to try to hit the ball hard. I'm going to try to hit it square. If it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm not going to try to be someone other it. than myself. I love it. And that's the approach that a lot of these guys just don't have anymore. Yeah. And it it drives me nuts. And the, the the other point I wanted to make, the last thing on that is. Don't give me the fact that he's a third baseman. I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, but he's playing a power position. Really? Because I could take you through the starting shortstops in Major League Baseball and tell you that more of them, than more than not, they're hitting bombs. And the shortstop position is not a power position. You want to tell me, you know, you want to tell me that third base has to be power? No, it doesn't. When shortstops start, uh, when shortstops stop hitting bombs, then I'll look at my third baseman and say, "Pick up the slack, kid," mm-hmm. because now you're playing a power position. And I don't even care if it's the Pirates, because because I'm not going to sit here and say, "Because my team needs it, you need to hit them." No, 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 no. You be you. I'm not forcing you to do anything, but I'm totally done with saying that. Position-wise, I need power from this position. No. I need guys that play defense. I need them to play defense at their position, which is a whole other thing that we're not getting into today. Give me your position, the best one that you play, right? Mm -hmm. I'll take versatility from somebody who, you know, isn't in the lineup every day. But that's it. And then you be you on offense. Your offense and your defense have nothing to do with each other anymore. Right. I need I need power from X amount of players. That's it. Not specific positions. In this day and age, you do need power from more used to be you could say I'll take three power guys. Mhm. And and one of those guys 
has to be an average guy as well. Yeah. But I'll take two guys who sell out for power with low batting averages in my lineup, and I'm okay with those guys. Even if they're high strikeout guys, I'm okay with having two of those guys on my team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No more than that. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Now, this day, I keep saying this day and age like I'm a freaking boomer <laughs> or something, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just the game is different. There's a lot more power, so you need more power. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're pitching a lot or, you know what I'm saying, something like that. Like, you, I mean, you look at, like, Cleveland, who's kind of built on great pitching and home runs. And they don't have a lot of average. I mean, they do right now with with Quan doing what he's doing. But in the in the past, it's been yeah. let's hit our bombs because those will win games, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a recipe, and they've had success with that recipe. Um, but like you know, you have a team like the Pirates who we're low contact, low power. You you can't do that. Then we understand that eventually right. an identity has to happen with this offense. Yeah, it does not have to be from the third base position, especially when our prototypical third baseman on offense is going to be playing shortstop at some point this year, right? High strikeout, high power guy, O'Neill Cruz playing shortstop, maybe not the best defender on the field, but like our third baseman is our best defender on the field. I know he's made some errors, defense slumps too. And, I'm kind of there with with you guys at this point. I need it to stop, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's not a power guy. And so it's a little bit backwards, but I don't care because you build a team off of individuals and you just need those things to happen. Right. So let's let them happen. They're going to happen. Let them happen. Build your team. Right. If we end up with a guy like Mason Martin at first who's going to strike out 30% of the time, Barring he continues at a thirty percent clip and not a fifty percent clip, that has we have to see that happen, right? We have to right. let that we have to see it happen. We have to give him a shot to see. We can't just say he'll strike out fifty percent of the time in the major leagues. Well, let's find out. If he does, then he's not working. But we'll yeah. never know until we give him a shot. Right. But you just can't have a team full of them. And I don't want Key Brian to turn into that guy as well. Let him do his right. thing so that you don't have a team full of guys selling out for home runs. Right? I don't mind you selling out for a home run once in a while. Yeah, which, by the way, we've seen a couple cuts from him where he swung through a ball that was like, oh, he tried to hit that one back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And guess what he didn't do on his home run ball? That swing. Right. Luke Voigt swang the, swang the bat. I, it's like I can't talk all the time. Luke Voigt took a cut the other day that I thought if that guy would have hit that ball square with that swing, it goes 500 feet. <laughs> but if he just takes a little off of that, stays balanced and hits one 410, it counts the same. Mm-hmm. So why are these guys doing stupid stuff like that? Because in my opinion, it's absolutely stupid. Yeah, I agree. You got any closing remarks? Uh, not really. I just get out to the ballpark. We got Arizona coming to PNC next weekend. Get out to the ballpark and uh, let's ban the wave. That was quick. Yeah, maybe I should have done my uh, my closing. LA for three, and then we move on to Arizona coming back 
to Pittsburgh. Um, I actually don't have probables in front of me. I can get them real quick. Maybe. Who should we have coming up? We've got Thompson against Walker Bueller tomorrow night. Uh, Julio Urias Tuesday. So we'll have a lefty lineup out, although that doesn't exist right now. We're, we're, right. And then Quintana goes Wednesday. We have a TB. We have a TBD on Tuesday. Who should that be? Maybe Mitch Keller. Why? Who who fought? Oh, because it was Thompson and then Quintana. But we had a day off. So yeah, we have a we have a to be determined. It should just be Quintana went Friday, Saturday. Oh, what am I missing there? Anyway. TBD. Is Thompson going early? No. All right. Never mind. I'm missing somebody in there. There should be another guy. We had Brubaker followed by Roanzi. Quintana, Quintana, Brubaker, Roanzi. Thompson. Thompson. Then you got the... Mitch Quintana. And then, oh, but we had a day off, so we only did four. Okay. I get it. Okay. So we don't know. Mitch Keller could be... I mean, I feel like we should already know this. Is somebody else hurt or something? Maybe not. I mean, is would they would DeYoung get a start here? Would BD get a start? I mean, we haven't seen them. Maybe. And then Keller. Maybe. So maybe one of those guys open it up for Keller. Or Peters open it up. Or We'll see. Yeah. Okay, we're going to lose a series to the Dodgers. We already beat them once. Now we're going to their place. And we got Urias and, um, and Bueller and then White. Why am I not thinking of Mitch Mitch White? Yep, Mitch White. Uh, only started two games. Pitch seven. Is this another opener maybe situation for him? I think that's what uh, he's done before. So let's take one of those. And let's take a series from Arizona. Looking like another three and three. Which is what we thought we were going to do. We did. Yeah. Kind of worked out. Do it again? All right, now, what do you got? <laughs> Ban the wave. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. And let's go, Bucks.